Hello and welcome back to the Pitchsider podcast, back for episode 16. Uh, This week we'll talk about the World Cup qualifiers as well as the England game, which is a huge disappointment. And also we'll be talking about some confirmed transfers and some rumours. Joining me this week is the Pitchsider's own, Mr. Toby. How have you been? I'm great, mate. How are you? Yeah, I've been very well, thank you. Uh, Busy week, just off football as well a lot of transfers and a lot of confirmed signings and even the wrap-up of the international games absolutely a lot to cover yes so let's jump straight into it and let's talk about australia versus peru so australia won this 5-4 on penalties to go through to the world cup this is so this will put them into group d with the holders france denmark and tunisia you watched this game or you watched the penalties? Yeah, I watched the game. It was quite a reasonably balanced game. Um, you know, Peru always, uh, they like to slow the game down, Peru. Um, they used to be quite attacking at fast pace, but nowadays they sort of play a bit slower football. And uh, Australia don't really have much quality well, compared to what they used to have. So it was quite an interesting game. It was quite balanced. I'd say for the majority of the game, though, Peru were the better side. But it went down to penalties and it was a really interesting penalties um, because Australia subbed off their keeper, Matthew Ryan. Uh, Matthew Ryan obviously played for Brighton. There's, I think, I believe he's at Valencia now. Uh, no, sorry, Sociedad. Um, but what they did, they, they brought on a guy called Redmayne, Andrew Redmayne, who plays for Sydney FC. <clears throat> and he's pretty renowned for his penalty saving abilities. So when he came on, he absolutely took the piss and he was doing the dances and trying to put off the opponent. He threw the um, Peruvian goalkeeper's water bottle, which had the um, instructions on how to save penalties into the crowd. And basically, yeah, he's he's become a hero for, for Australia with a total shithousery. So fantastic end to the game. Um, and it'd be good to see Australia at the World Cup. A bit unfortunate for Peru, though. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to see Australia back at the World Cup. And yeah be interesting to see how they do in their group stage as well especially with france that'd be an interesting game yeah tough group for sure um i'm not sure if they'll be able to get through but we'll see no but it's it's good for them it's good for the country as well so be looking forward to seeing them there and we also had a another the final world cup qualifier confirming the complete lineup of the world cup costa rica versus new zealand so costa rica won this one nil in within three minutes and then New Zealand got a guy sent off so that puts them into group E with Spain Germany and Japan so that's gonna be a tough group for them yeah very difficult to get out of that group um some great teams in there uh yeah they were kind of lucky to go through the war they they were the better team Costa Rica uh Joel Campbell scored the only goal uh if you remember him from his Arsenal days um, he didn't really play too often for them. But yeah, well done to, to Costa Rica. Unfortunate for New Zealand, but it was always going to be an uphill battle for them in terms of their, their quality. It was sort of a battle between Chris Wood against Kalon Navas. But at the end of the day, it was Joel Campbell who made the difference. So yeah, it'll be good to see Costa Rica at the World Cup. I remember they they were in, they were in England's group a few years ago in the World Cup. And uh, I think they either drew against us or beat us. It, it wasn't a great result for England. So... Yeah, we'll see how well they can do in this very, very tough group in Qatar. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's good to see them back in the World Cup. Yeah, let's probably talk about the disappointing game 
I think disappointing is putting it very mildly. England's 4-0 defeat in the Nations League to Hungary at home uh, in England. Mm, it was at Molyneux, yeah. um, the worst defeat we've had in, I think, 50 years or so. It's um, it's really not great to see this. Uh, Stone's got a red card, even though it was very questionable. I, the second yellow shouldn't have been a, a, a yellow. Uh, but regardless, Hungary thoroughly deserved it. It looked like there was not much ambition or desire from the English players. They played incredibly poorly. A lot of people are arguing that, you know, it's the end of the season. They've had a lot of games, but the same can be said for Hungary. So I don't really buy that one. I just think that the players rather be, you know, on the beach, (laughs) rather playing, you know, in these sort of meaningless friendlies. It's, I don't know. I feel like for the players who've come into this game, who want to stake a claim, like Gallagher and Bowen and Gwehi, it hasn't really solidified their uh, place in the team. And maybe during the uh, World Cup team selection, maybe Southgate will sort of aim towards more experienced players, perhaps bringing back, you know, Rashford and Sancho and those kind of players who maybe haven't had the best season, but have definitely got the experience that would help them. But overall, as an England fan... It's, it's not a great result. There's only two games left until the World Cup starts. So it's not the kind of form you want to see leading up to a tournament like this. Um, but obviously, well done to, to Hungary. They've played with amazing desire. And they, they absolutely outclassed England in all departments. And their goals were pretty decent, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of them were pretty decent. And one thing I probably do, do just want to mention that is Southgate in this game, obviously, we were losing 3-0. And he just, when Stones got sent off, he decided to make the decision to bring off, I think, was it Raheem Sterling or someone, and to bring on Harry Maguire. Harry just, we were 3-0 down. I just don't see why we just didn't put another attacker on and see if we could go and get a goal. It did turn out that we put a defender on and we conceded. So Yeah, he took Saka off from Maguire, but I don't, imagine us with one centre-back. I don't think we would have done well in that situation they're all over us um outrunning us um it, i don't know there's a lot of conversation about whether southgate should get the sack i don't think that should happen to be honest that's quite reactionary um i feel like you know it is the end of the season which does not help the players and at the end of the day it is the nation's league which is not really the most prestigious tournament it's just friendlies at the end of the day um and for a team like hungary it is a bigger opportunity for them to impress uh, than England. But yeah, it's, it's hard to analyse this and pick out any positives for England. Ramsdale had a really poor game. Uh, I don't think anybody played well. It's, it's slightly worrying. But on on the other hand, teams like France, they haven't had a great Nations League, uh, a few other teams as well. So, you know, you can compare it to the other big teams and, and say that, you know, it's not just us who's not performing at the moment. No, whether it's something that, again, it's just motivation. This isn't a big competition, so what's the point in sort of playing for this? But again, it's a competition, so they should be wanting to go and win a trophy, especially with like the World Cup coming on. And especially, as you've mentioned, some of these players need to cement their te- their place in this team. Mm. And if you're not performing against, you can't be wanting to be in an England regular starter and losing 4-0 to Hungary. It's not it's not great, especially even if Southgate does get the sack, which I don't think he will when I give him the World Cup, but 
yeah, to other managers that would potentially get the job, these players aren't likely to get in because they want a change. So whether they'd bring back some of the players that, like you said, Rashford and Sancho and I don't know, even like Cody and stuff like that that were sitting on the bench, Grealish maybe should start. And but mm. I mean, he, in terms of Southgate, he's he's taken us to the best finish uh, in the major tournament since Alf Ramsey during the 1966 World Cup final. And I think he's also got the joint highest um, finish for England as well at the Euros. So, uh, at the World Cup, rather. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like, you've, you, you've got to back him. Um, you just got to hope that it's the, the player's been a bit ill-disciplined and perhaps tired. Um, hopefully, you know, when the Premier League starts up again and the 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 World Cup being sort of in the middle of that season, they'll maybe catch the players uh, a better time when they've got more energy and um, are sort of more informed. But we'll see, yeah, more motivated as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, it's uh, all you can do is look at the positives and yeah, and look forward. And there's no point looking backwards. So, especially in England's case. Yeah, absolutely. But. Should we uh, move on to some of the transfers? Sure. Yeah, I can go through some transfers if you like. Yeah, so there's been quite a few. And yeah, you're going to, as you just mentioned, talk us through. All right, so I'll go through the confirmed ones first. Um, Calvin Ramsey is off to Liverpool for £4.4 million from Aberdeen. He's an 18-year-old fullback, a right-back, so he should provide cover for Trent Alexander-Arnold. Uh, it's quite a good buy. He's a quite a good player. The most expensive um, exit for Aberdeen in their history. Uh, he's definitely a player for the future. Uh, in terms of other Premier League clubs, Mark Rocker has gone from Bayern Munich to Leeds. He's not really done too well at Bayern Munich. He's not really been a favourite there. Um, but pr- prior to that, when he was at Espanyol, he was a, a fantastic player. Even though they got relegated when he was there, he, he was the standout player in the team. So it's a little bit of a risk, £10 million. It's not a lot of money, but um, from his sort of time in, in Munich, he hasn't been a great success. So it's, it's, uh, it'd be an interesting one to see if he can pick up his form from his old team. Uh, another big one is Yves Basuma. He's gone to Tottenham from Brighton for £25 million. This is a fantastic signing. Uh, a few years ago, he was rumoured to leave for double that at least. Um, but because he's only got a year left on his contract, he's sort of got a cut price deal. He's been uh, linked to a lot of teams in, uh, recently. Um, so it's, it's another fantastic signing for Tottenham, to be honest. They've made some great signings this window. And um, under Conte, they look to be moving in the good direction. Um, yeah, they're looking... They're looking very scary, Tottenham, especially team, especially with all the transfers, especially if they make a few more and they're looking a very scary team you don't want to come up against. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're winning the transfer window so far. Also, uh, West Ham, uh, after Nayef Eguard, who's a, a Moroccan fullback, uh, not fullback, Moroccan centre-back rather, from Rennes, which will cost about £30 million. It's quite a lot of money for him, but uh, he should provide a lot of cover for the centre-back position, which is where West Ham are lot issues this season with injuries and suspensions um so in that regard it seems to be quite a sensible move for for Moyes and for West Ham Arsenal have signed Fabio Vieira from Porto for about 35 million pounds which is quite a big um price tag but he's quite young I think he's around 22 years old he's got 14 assists this season and seven goals at 27 appearances which is really decent to be fair um he plays sort of the 10 role 
can play on the wing as well. So he's slightly versatile. Uh, good move for Arsenal on this one. Uh, another Porto player, uh, Vitinha, has gone to PSG. They've triggered this £40 million release clause. Uh, he had a, a loan spell at Wolverhampton recently and he was quite impressive. He didn't score too many though. Um, I feel like he's sort of a player for the future still because he's only 20 years old. Um, PSG are making some good signings at the moment in terms of, sort of bringing younger players. Demiral has gone to Atalanta for £18 million, the Juventus uh, player. He had a loan spell at Atalanta prior to that. He's quite a good player, so one to watch out for. Uh, Mkhitaryan's gone to Inter Milan on a free transfer. And yeah. Southampton has signed Bazunu for £10 million from Man City. He's Ireland's sort of number two. Keller is the, the main guy at the moment, but he's he's definitely a good player. Bazunu, he had a good spell in the championship. Um, and perhaps maybe maybe be the starting keeper for the next season. I'm not too sure, but yeah, good signing for them. Not not too bad of a price. Um, I think that's the confirmed ones or the major ones so far. Did we mention Mane to Bayern Munich before? I think we may have touched on it um, or maybe done a little bit more last week on it. But yeah, it's starting to build a bit more traction, this one. Mm. I've seen the reports from especially Fritzio Marane. Yeah, it looks like, um, especially with Liverpool confirmed the signing of Nunes, it looks like he's going to be leaving for about 25, 30 million. Yeah, about that. It's good signing for, for Bayern Munich. I really rate him. Yeah, he had a great season. He was possibly in the contention for Ballon d'Or, though definitely go to Benzema, but he'll be up there. Um, good signing. He only had, I think, a year or two left on his contract, uh, and he was 30 years a year, old. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I think for all the teams involved, it was a, a good signing. Um, <clears throat> elsewhere, Ericsson may be off to either United, Tottenham, or Brentford. I think he prefers to stay in London, though. I think that's what I've heard. So probably Spurs is the most likely, or Brentford. I'm not sure how it would fit into the United system, to be honest. I'm not sure how we're going to set up. So could be an interesting one. He would obviously play a more deeper role, maybe in a 4-3-3 sort of setup, but that will be one to watch. Haller has been linked to Borussia Dortmund for about £33 million. He had a great season of Ajax, but uh, a lot of Ajax fans are saying that he's not the best player, even though he's had a great Champions League season um, in the league he's missed quite a lot of cities I've heard so could be an interesting one if he goes to Dortmund obviously it would be uh, Haaland's replacement so they obviously want someone who can play Champions League football and has experience with that so it could be a good signing for them uh, Sandro Martinez off to Arsenal from Ajax for about £25 million he's a Argentinian sort of centre-back who can play left-back and defensive midfielder so he'll provide a lot of cover for them they had a lot of injuries um last season, Arsenal, particularly in like the left-back position. So he should be uh, quite a good signing if they can pick him up for that money. Uh, also, Ajax Bergwin uh, looks to be returning to their Eredivisie from Tottenham. Uh, a fee around 20, 25 million euros, which for all teams involved seems like a good deal. Uh, Fiorentina want Jovic from Real Madrid. Seems to be a loan um, so that'd be an interesting one. He hasn't really worked out at Real Madrid. Uh, I don't think he'll get too many games this season if he stays. So maybe Fiorentina could sort of reinvigorate his career. Uh, yeah, especially the amount he went for as well. He needs some sort of kick to start getting. Yeah, absolutely. Worth. Particularly before the World Cup as well. Um, he'll be playing for Serbia there. Uh, well, I don't know if he'll be starting actually. Probably Vlavic and Mitrovic, but he'll be around the team. 
Uh, Dean Henderson might be off to Forest on loan with a twenty million pound uh, sort of buyout clause. Probably a good deal for all teams. I think uh, United should have sold him like a year ago, so they sort of held him on for a bit too long. But that is the United way of players. With Forest losing uh, Bryce Samba, it's, it's they need to replace him with a with a good keeper who's got uh, experience in the Premier League. So Dean Henderson would be a good choice for them. And obviously there's Lukaku, which is the ever uh, continuing question of whether he'll go back to Inter Milan. It won't be for, it's hardly unlikely it'll be for, for a transfer fee, more likely a loan. Yeah. But it just depends how willing Chelsea are to lose money on him. Well, I think, I think they, from what I've heard, it's currently stands at a loan with about a five to ten million pound loan fee. But there is rumours and talks about us signing a couple of inter players to do like a swap deal. So especially one that I've heard is Dumfries to cover right back for Reese James. So that could be an interesting one. Yeah, I don't know how good Dumfries is. He's good for the Netherlands and obviously won the league with Inter, but Technically, he's not that great. <clears throat> I know that Chelsea wingbacks sort of need good quality, sort of technical quality and going forwards. Um, I guess if you bring him in as a cover for James, it wouldn't be too bad of, of an option. But he's probably no. like 20 million euros. So there'll be a big deficit in sort of that transfer. Uh, I, think, I think Inter value him at 40. That's a bit too much. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Especially for someone that would cover... Um, but yeah, I think it would be more likely two or three players or two players with a transfer fee if we are going to sell him. But I think Chelsea want to try and cut their losses mm. with him. And a replacement I've heard is Lewandowski. But it looks like he's going to favour a move to Barcelona. Yeah. You rarely ever see like a transfer deal involving multiple players going one way and one going the other. So I think that's no. quite unlikely. I think it would be probably a loan of like, you know, as you said, about 10 million pounds or euros, um, which probably would be good for Inter, but for, for Chelsea, not so much. And then, you know, obviously the, the transfer fee would probably be about 30, 40 or 50 million euros. So either way, it would be a huge loss. He was the second most expensive Premier League signing. So it's not looking great for Chelsea. If they can replace him with Lewandowski somehow, that would be good, even though he's only 30, yeah. he's 34 years old. So he's not really one for the future necessarily. Um, but yeah, as you said, it looks like Lewandowski's favouring Barcelona. Another player Chelsea linked to is Raheem Sterling. Um, I don't, as a Chelsea fan, I don't really want this to happen. I'd rather spend the money elsewhere. I think it's going to cost Chelsea at least like sixty million to try and get Raheem Sterling. He's only got a year left yeah. in his contract, though, so maybe that'd be a bit less. Well, apparently, from what I've seen, City wants sixty million from him. Yeah, I'm not surprised Which... they on that. I think they will run down his contract and move on a free for a big um, signing on bonus. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't really... He's a good player, but I don't want him. I'd rather have Dembele because he's on the free, so we can spend the money elsewhere if we are looking in that position. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Dembele's like ever-present on the uh, medical table. Uh, he's always injured, so I don't know how well he'll do in the Premier League. Yeah, but then if we're going to spend £60 million on a player that might not get as much game time as he wants and he might even turn out to be a flop so i'd rather that be free and just be a wage bill which probably be similar so yeah sign him next year on a free that's what i'd probably say all those wages will be horrendous as well yeah it's either way both players are going to have 
horrendous wages. It's just whether we spend sixty million on one player or get three. Mm. So, for me as a Chelsea fan, I'd rather sign central midfielders and defenders, and, and then get Dembele on a free. So, that's my opinion. Well, I've got a little quiz for you. Oh, lovely! See how good your um, transfer knowledge is for the for British transfer records. Oh God! Okay. So I'm going to give you a hint, and it will be the first. It's the last thirteen players to move for the British transfer record. Okay. So I'm going to go. It will start off easy because it'll be more recent, and as we go on, it'll be less more recent but i'll give you clues um and you should hopefully get a couple of them okay so the first one is signed for city after a successful Greenish. 20 yeah <laughs> first uh number two signed for a massive transfer fee by the club that let him go on a free four years ago oh is this is this um just primarily clubs basically not english players so it'd be po- no popular. so Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's a British transfer record for the Premier League, I believe. Okay. Agree. So yeah, it is Pogba, eighty-nine million. Uh, number three arrived from Spain for big money, but failed to live up to the initial hype. Now, he has just finished his spell in France. Um, I can give you the clue if you. Yeah. Clue where's Lukaku? Is he not on this? No, because I think. I don't know where he is on this list, but I suppose it's from different um, seasons. So oh, okay. I think Lukaku is, I think Grealish beat him in that list. Oh, I see. Okay. He's going through the years. Okay. Can you repeat the question? Uh, arrived from Spain for big money, but failed to live up the initial hype. Now plays in, well, he did play in France. And this, he arrived in August 2014. 2014? What team was it? United. Now plays in France. Yeah, he well he did. He just left PSG. Oh, Di Maria. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, number four swapped red for blue in a huge deadline move. Rarely hit his best for best form for this for his new club. Despite helping them win numerous honours. Red to blue. Giroud? Giroud? Well, it didn't go for much, but I'm guessing it's no, just this... Arsenal to Chelsea. No, it's not. How can I this tell? 50... You're saying red to blue. You're not giving me a year uh, it... or anything. Just... <laughs> it's 2011 and it was 50 million, the transfer fee. 50? Yeah, 5-0. Uh, Sterling? No. I don't think Sterling was around in 2011. Well, he was. Yeah, it was. Liverpool, he went from Liverpool to Chelsea. Torres? Yes. Cool. Uh, number five, the big number nine, only to help, only to hold the British transfer record for a few hours, but his move still went down in the history for all the wrong reasons. Again, in January 2011. Newcastle to Liverpool. Carroll. Yes. Uh, Brazilian forward mistakenly referred to his new club as Chelsea in an interview shortly before signing for them. Real Madrid to Man City. Robinho? Yes. 
Uh, number seven, a certified gold machine in Italy before making his move to West London, but failed to live up to the hype in the Premier League. AC Milan to Chelsea, May 2006. Shevchenko? Yes. Uh, a snip at 30 million, the English centre-back helped his new club win a host of titles and major honours. Went from Leeds to United in July 22. Uh, 2002, sorry. Ferdinand? Yes. Um, line playmaker with a pen, pen penchant for a worldie. Didn't exactly pull down the trees in the Premier League, but holds a cult hero status in Manchester. Went from Lazio to Man United in July 21. Yep, Stan. No. Uh, Jan uh, Sebastian Veron. Veron. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Um, his boyhood club over Old Trafford. Went to score on a lot of goals for the Rooney? Premier League. No, Blackburn to Newcastle, ninety six. Yeah. Love this spectacular goal. This outspoken striker moved from. Nottinghamshire to Merseyside to Nottingham Forest to Liverpool 95 for 8.5 million Stan Collymore yes Uh, number 12 a Rolls Royce of a player scored more than 100 goals for the Gunners Henri Inter Milan Inter Milan yeah and the final one is a key member of old Man United treble winning squad. A striker scored goals for fun. Newcastle to Man United. Cold in '95. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. <clears throat> nice. Not too bad. Did, no, did pretty well. Yeah, I think that just about wraps up the podcast. Um, another short one for you this week. Um, we hopefully are thinking of a few ideas so we can fill in the gap um and yeah we will probably be doing our premier league predictions soon and yeah something to look forward to no we're just going to be covering uh, a lot of transfers so if you want to keep up to date with the transfers that happen in, in the premier league and around the world uh keep following and like and subscribe yeah and for if you want up-to-date information on transfers best to check our socials um instagram twitter and reddit they're the best places to also get in contact with us um and thank you for listening and thank you for joining me toby thank you thanks for listening guys that's right and as always check out the pitchsider.com for any of our information